And Salma, Associate Justina speaking. I can speak to Bogus, please. Um, sure. What's your name? Joey Jingola. Okay, hold on one second. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Your call and your business are very important to us. Please hold the line and we'll be right with you. Bogus, I can help you. Bogus, it's Joey Jingola. Hey, Joey, what's up? Not much. How you doing, sir? Good. I was your fourth. This is insurance in your own words from the people who are living and breathing it every day and are struggling to figure out where this industry is going and what they need to do to stay ahead. Hosted by me, Joey Jingola. Let's get into it. Um, it's tough. I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, all of our agents are in their in their 40s and, and, and older. You know, these are people that have been around the industry for a long time. They've pretty much learned how to use the computer here because of our agency. And finding new young blood is kind of tough sometimes. We're trying to figure out how to, how to approach those people, and that's something that, you know, we're really hoping to work with Kelly. So she can kind of help us out and figure that stuff out. Finding new young blood kind of sounds like a Twilight movie reject title that they never made. I don't know. That was my good buddy, Bogus Hansel of Hansel and Associates. And he's talking about, hey, well, just they need somebody that is, you know, um, still producing uh, some sort of level of <clears throat> energy might be a word. I was trying to think of something scientific. I just I wasn't smart enough to pull it out like some type of, I don't know, whatever. But they just want some good new young blood in the Hansel and Associates agency, and all of their producers are over 40. Although, man, Bogus, I, mean, I guess I don't know how old you are. I think we're around the same age. Man, 40 is sounding a lot closer to me these days, and I don't know how I feel about it. But um, he said, hey, you know, a lot of them learned how to use the computer at their agency. Okay. But we hear it all the time. You know, we are just, I mean, there's so many agents that are 55 and older. There's going to be all this retirement happening, just this epidemic of insurance agent retirement that we're not going to know what to do with. Uh, are we attracting the right people? Uh, you know, one of the hot topics uh, a couple weeks ago, a month or so ago, was recruiting. Uh, you know, there was that panel session at Agent 2021. We recorded it, put it out as a podcast. That kind of spurred some interest. Ryan did a couple podcast interviews based on that. And those podcasts were talking about recruiting. And actually, we might do a session at Elevate based on this. Now, all so like it's a hot topic, right? We want to know how we get new people excited about this industry. And I don't, I mean, I think, so I'm not going to claim to be a recruiting expert in any capacity as I've basically operated in, a, you know, my, my insurance experience has been with a small family agency, right? Uh, I've never really recruited another young agent. Uh, it's not part of my skill set. However, I am still, at least for a little bit, uh, you know, a young professional in the industry and having kind of connected with agents, young agents all across the country, um, you know, you, you start to see some common themes, some, some trends, and, and it all starts the same way. And just understanding that mentality, I think is important. One, 
Nobody really goes out looking to be in insurance. Maybe that's good. Maybe it's bad. I don't know. But it seems to be one of the most common denominators is that, you know, they ended up there. So we're putting ourselves in position to at least be there when, you know, they hit rock bottom. I don't know that's the best place to be, but it's working out so far, I guess, in some capacity. Maybe. And, you know, there's, you know, I know, you know, in my, around my hometown, uh, the O'Neill Group, uh, my good friend Danny Kimball and the folks over at the O'Neill Group, uh, they work with Akron University. I think it's Akron University. Um, they've got a risk management program-ish thing that is actually kind of teaching kids, you know, how to be involved in the, the importance of it. Uh, you know, and I think the problem with insurance, and I know, you know, I struggled with this my first couple years in the business. Uh, there's just a certain amount of life experience that perspective, maybe that you kind of need under your belt before it even registers as like a thing. It's like, oh yeah, that's a responsible thing to do because you're, you're essentially just handing a bunch of money over for something that hasn't happened yet. And to be able to articulately explain that's not even really just to empathize just to have some sort of understanding of explaining that process to somebody a 19 year old kid it's real tough right it's just they don't really understand it just again life experience right and this is maybe i don't know uh i'm going out on a limb here you know comedy you know so when, to be a, a relatively decent stand-up comedian you usually draw from life experiences and you know, when you see a, a young comedian, like 15, 16, 17 years old, they don't have a, a ton of life experiences to draw from. So it takes them a while to be funny, right? I think, I think that maybe that's part of the problem, right? Is that there is a certain age, like, like where we just kind of put everybody in a dark cave with like robes on. It's like, maybe do a little chanting. It's like, now we've finally made it to where we can sort of maybe responsibly talk about insurance and have somebody take us seriously because I mean, still, I know like there's the perception that, you know, again, if, if you come out of college and you're 22 and you look like you're 15 and a half and you barely have your learner's permit, I mean, that's a tough go of it, right? I mean, you're trying to convince somebody depending on the level of the sale. I, you know, I'm not dis diminishing anything. This is taking a little bit of time. Uh, their take it just it's there's again there's a certain there's a certain look there's a certain way that you carry yourself there's just a certain kind of overall thing that you need to have and maybe 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 the best ones are homegrown you know we do have a few few people that are coming up through the csr ranks that look very promising and are loving what they're doing you know it, it's tough to, to bring in from the past we've brought in new agents when they see the kind of structure that the agents currently work in that current you know nine to five structure that it's always in the office or not really outside the office prospecting it's kind of tough because that's i want them to go out there i want to be able for them to prospect for themselves what does prospecting even look like for a 20 something person in 2018 i mean honestly I, don't, I mean i'm even trying to wrap my brain around it just you know what that you know i mean you know somebody in their early 20s early to mid 20s i don't even know that i fully understand the circles that they run in and the the company that they keep and the you know and the, and the problems that they're facing right and how they would you know 
possibly do things differently than 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 maybe even what you know we talk about here. I mean, we, you know, we've been accused of being on the cutting edge from time to time, but I feel like there's a there's a there's an edge that's bleeding even more that you know maybe we don't even really pay attention to enough and probably because it hasn't gotten traction because there isn't really a ton of results. There might be some 20, listen, if you're like 25 and younger and you're doing something and you're, and you're kind of knocking it out of the park, joy at agency nation.com. would love to talk to you, see what you're doing. Um, so yes, there's some CSRs coming up through the ranks and they're going to, you know, they love what they're doing. So a lot of, lot to take in there. I don't even know where that rant came from, but um, you know, they see the culture and, and that's probably part of the problem. And, and if you watch Sydney's video from our uh, trip to Milwaukee, uh, what makes or breaks a work from home policy and talking about, you know, our culture here at Agency Nation and how it's definitely not a uh, traditional button seat culture. It sounds weird to say. I just it sounds it sounds more questionable than it really is or even comes close to being. But it just does. And I don't know why. But but in seat culture is something that you know we are you know traditionally known for good or bad or you know no matter what our, it, so having them understand that again this is the original lifestyle business if you will right you can make as little or as much as you want uh, it can be as flexible as rigid as you want I mean you know self starting motivation all of that fun stuff it is definitely here in this industry and. I obviously kind of knew it all, you know, I mean, in some capacity for, for most of my life, because I saw, you know, my dad do it and my uncles and, and I kind of, you know, I figured that part out. I think it takes people that aren't, you know, growing up in a family business a little bit longer to appreciate that or understand it or even realize it. And, you know, it's, it's, what does that look like for, again, those CSRs and, uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm curious, right? Like, is there this natural progression maturation that needs to happen? You know, I don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking just through Bogus's situation. And I mean, you know, what, at what point does that CSR become an agent, become a producer? Um, and, and I, 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 I want to say that I think, you know, we, we, you know, my buddy Landon, you know, dropped an article a couple weeks ago, you know, don't call me a producer and I think I think just the overall structural breakdown of an agency is probably in flux along with all of this. We need new talent. We need new things. I think, you know, I did a podcast and I, I don't know that I want to mention it here. I was trying to hold off until the next clip, but maybe we'll get into it after this. But I did a podcast way back when, I mean, same show. Uh, I can't even remember what it was. It was called uh, Deconstructing Your Producer to Make a New One or a Better One or something like that. It was with my buddy Jerry Nicklow over at Huff Insurance. And maybe we'll talk about that in just a second. But it was just the idea that, uh, you know, maybe the traditional components of a producer, maybe they'll need to be housed into one body. And maybe it's two or three people now. Right now, it's, you know, they, they do build up their books or referrals and stuff like that. But a lot of leads that they're getting are leads that we've kind of attained from marketing and, you know, told them to call into our office. So it's kind of a, a they're sitting and and waiting for those calls and we get a lot of them it's great but i do need somebody that's young uh energetic and and going willing to go out there work kind of in more of a free environment and prospect that business a little bit differently 
work in a free environment and prospect that business a little differently. I've been thinking about that for a little bit now, and it's still making my head spin a bit. Obviously, I know what he's Bogus is saying, and I definitely understand it. Uh, it's just, man, what is that? Again, what does that look like to a twenty-something, a young twenty-something producer individual? Um, but so back to, I want to bring up my buddy, Jerry Nicola over at Huff insurance, again, talking about that deconstruction of the producer, right? It's what Jerry was doing. And I, I think, I don't think this person works for them anymore. And I haven't talked to Jerry in any great length recently to see if they, if they ever found anybody, Jerry, just let me know, drop me a line. If, if this has changed and I can you know, maybe provide an update, but, uh, you know, what they did was they hired somebody to specifically attend networking functions like you know the networking groups around their area and just full-on like have this person a social person that was only working part-time it was very flexible for them they could be there to you know do the stuff that they wanted to with their kids i believe family i think there was a lady it was a lady that had retired police officer if i believe that had two daughters and she would just schedule i'm going to lunch here today i'm going and he, he basically jerry joked he was like i'm basically paying her to go to breakfast lunch and dinner and that's not i mean that's not a bad uh that's not a bad gig right and a lot of that came back to you know why we why again the the 40s ish not so much 50s ish definitely uh you know grayish probably haired producers that uh are afraid of such tactics because they feel like they are losing ownership of that relationship right they're not the one shaking the hand or kissing the baby please somebody should tell me how many times i say that because i was listening to an episode the other day i was like man I just throw, don't say it and i know i was going to say it because i say it all the time <sighs> but um, they just, there's that fear that if they're not out there doing it, then it's not theirs. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not, maybe, you know, but I guess my point is, and I guess I, one thing I want to say to bogus is, man, if your marketing is driving, you know, a bunch of phone calls and they're just handling that, that sounds like a pretty cool world to me. I might double down on, and this again, too, do you double down on, do you have that producer that you need out there working in a free environment, prospecting the business differently, or do you need another bogus in-house or whatever, another marketer that's drumming up the interest and generating the opportunities and creating the attention? And then you just need those CSRs or whoever, you know, back at the office ready to knock it down. I've never really, you know, gravitated towards one way or the other. I think it's whatever, you know, fits your, your agency's personality. But just the idea that we can split it up, we can attract young blood in a different way and 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 kind of emphasizing the lack of butt and seat culture that you know you insurance usually is, it's I think there's probably a lot of awesome opportunity out there that a lot of young producers I don't they don't wanna be creative enough to maybe give it a shot, you know, there, because let's, let's be honest, right. The, the Kiwanis, the, I mean, you know, not really a thing outside of most Italian communities. I'm thinking, I wanted to say sons of Italy, but um, I don't know if you guys have that, like in other cities like that, you know, but what the social clubs, the Elks, the rotary, the whatever, like those things, uh, you know, those like good old time boy sort of things, the country club ish things, they were just places for you to show up and be around the people that you were trying to do business with. 
and I just think the communities are in different places now. And I just think the younger agent is going to have a different perspective on where those conversations are happening, where you can be in front of those people in a different way as bogus was kind of you know suggesting. And that's what I think we probably need to embrace. It's like, Hey, listen, uh, you know, I'm going way out there here. So just bear with me here. But you know, just cause I like to, I like to pretend like I still have the ambition, desire and will to play video games. But I mean, esports is like really a thing. And I mean, gaming is a huge culture and community, you know? And I mean, there's probably, you know, I don't know what profitability is. I don't know. I don't know what you're going after. I'm going way out here. Right. But I'm just saying strong, tight knit communities, you know, getting in with those things, and leveraging your expertise in those and hanging out in those communities, do it, right? I think like that that's sort of the stuff that we're not really giving ourselves credit for it. Like, hey, listen, there's there's places that we can hang out on a regular basis. There's languages that we speak. There's 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 places we belong that we feel insurance isn't part of it. And it's not necessarily that insurance needs to be part of it. It's the fact that we are who we are naturally and insurance is just part of what we do. So that will naturally just kind of be there. Um, you know, and, and I was talking to my buddy, Woody Brown, who was kind of saying how, you know, he knows certain people that watch his daily, uh, vlog that, you know, he hasn't had the opportunity that hasn't quoted their insurance. And I was like, well, just remember he haven't quoted it yet. Right. Like he's only been doing it for two months. And, and that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, what happens in the fourth month or the sixth month? does those do those opportunities happen at that point? It's like, Oh dude, like, because again, there's a pretty good chance that that person that's watched pretty religiously for two months, uh, you know, hasn't had the opportunity to, to reach out. Like they just, their policy wasn't up for renewal and they didn't have really a reason, but when it comes up and then it's like, Hey, uh, Woody, this is up. I just, could you take a peek at this for me? Because I want you to be my dude because, you know, I know everything about your life now, you know, as creepy as that may or may not be. I feel like I know you and why wouldn't I have you, you know, handle my insurance policy. And it's just being part of those communities, right? Finding those young bloods. This is not where I thought this episode was going to go. I don't know. I think it was good. I think it was all right. But what I think it really comes down to is, is finding a way to communicate and connect the responsibility to the flexibility, the freedom, and just the overall creativity and, and control you have within a career in insurance. And it's something that definitely isn't first, you know, isn't the thing that comes to mind first or second, let's be honest, probably third. And it's just figuring out a way of, of how do we get in front of those people maybe sooner. I don't know if that's necessarily the answer, but kind of communicating with them. And I think things that I do, I'm just going to, I'm going to be honest for a second. I do think things like agency, a place like agency nation, a place like agency nation doesn't have to be agency nation. I'm just saying, uh, you know, there's, there's a bunch of other things. There's communities that, you know, if, if we kind of band together in a new way and, you know, the new associations and even, even some associations are, are kind of stepping their game up. Uh, what's up OIA. And, you know, there's, there's, you know, if there's a, if there's a cool club, right. If there's a cool club for insurance kids, I think that helps too. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that holds it back 
is it's usually the producer, it's usually the agency owner that immerses themselves into these communities and and maybe that should be one of the you know one of the first orders of business is like you know get the new CSR active and engaged in connecting and making friends you know across the country in this industry of people that they can connect with and can relate with on a day-to-day basis that are doing their jobs because there's a pretty good chance that the person that's in their hometown they don't have many of those people in their immediate circle and once they get connected and and understand that you know this is uh, you know uh something that people across the country are doing and, and loving and and feeling part of the insurance community it might make them want to stick longer and being in these clubs and groups and whatever and i just think you know if we want that new young blood it's out there we just need to really kind of show them why this is a place they want to be. There's no real good way for me to say these two things without sounding like a terrible human being. Just, it is what it is, but we're going to do it anyways because, let's be honest, you lost respect for me many, many episodes ago. Do you meet somebody, and again, I feel like terrible, do you meet somebody and just within like usually like the first 90 seconds you just kind of know that they're boring and that you have pretty much in those 90 seconds have experienced probably the most interesting thing they will ever say to you yeah i was I, those i just it's mean to say and i don't i don't i just it's just like get me out of here sort of thing so i had to take i was um you know catapulted into into a gymnastics class action tonight my daughter requested that I take her instead of my wife, who normally takes her. I'm usually on kid duty for the other two guys. And uh, there's there's certain other parents that, you know, it's just you see, and it's like sometimes you get stuck in conversations with. Like, well, I don't want to have that happen again. And uh, we have a neighbor kid that's in the class with her. And uh, my neighbor was there but came in late, and they on the other side of, like, the little parent sitting room thing. And... I didn't feel like making the dedicated move. I was already kind of camped out in my spot. I was like, well, that feels like way too much of an overcommitment to go, you know, talk to the neighbor. I was kind of comfy. And then the, the, the uninteresting person crept in and made me feel good for not having relocated to talk to the neighbor uh, because then I would have been involved in this kind of little triangle of conversation of death that really just wouldn't have made anybody's evening. I'm just, is this a fair, is this a fair thing? Am I being too harsh? Am I being just, again, a terrible human being, which I prefaced? Uh, do you find yourself just like, listen, like we just don't get along. It's just, it's not good or bad. It's just, you're, you are who you are. I just, I don't, I can't. You're just uninteresting to me in just about every way. It's not bad. I just, I just, you know, we just, this doesn't work out, right? It's just, it's not meant to be. I'm curious. And then to top it all off, uh, I just had a, just an awesome night of being a terrible human being. Uh, it was an ice cream situation. Don't I don't really want to get into that, but it led me to be out acquiring said ice cream later than anticipated with a podcast still to record, which meant it was going to be questionable for my energy. And I thought, well, just on very rare occasions, I was like, well, maybe maybe a cup a cup of coffee might be in order. And uh, the other day, I had I had. I'd rolled the dice and, and got a blonde roast from Starbucks because the pike is just usually garbage. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go through Starbucks and see if this was actually like a legitimate experience that I had. And 
I'm terrible at drive-thrus. It brings out the worst of me. My wife yells at me constantly, and she's usually like saying, "Be nice to these people," because I have to come here all the time. Uh, I don't know what it is, but um, I, I really try. So uh, I asked, I was like, uh, "Can I have a blonde roast? Uh, you know, like a grande blonde roast?" And she's like, "Well, we only have the pike on on brew." And I was like, well, can you do that? Because like, they've offered, they will offer. I've been to other Starbucks where they've offered to do a fancy pour-over situation. I really don't know what that means. Uh, and I was like, can you do a pour-over? And she's like, well, it would take like five minutes. And that was it. She just sat there. I was like, so that's a no then? And that's kind of me being terrible. I've, I just have a natural reflex. It just happens and I can't stop myself. And, and she's like, well, no, I mean, we can do it if you want and I have a rule I have like a very firm rule like if you're not like 100% dedicated to like making some type of food or beverage happen for me I really don't want to I really don't want to be any part I don't want to have any part of the end result of that lack of 100% right I don't want to somebody that's not fully committed to that pour over I don't want anything to do with it it's just just give me I was like fine I'll take the pike also confirmed pike is still mostly garbage uh, cannot confirm if the blonde is still a, is a halfway decent experience for me because I'm a coffee lightweight, so just take it easy on that. Anyways, just an awful, just a really just a straight, that was a terrible customer experience, first of all. I kind of wanted to get up to the window, like, you're kind of bad at your job, and I know I'm not very nice to you right now, and you're working at Starbucks, and I understand that, you know, you, you just might not, this might not be your thing, so I'm going to go easy on you. But overall, what is your level like how often do you find yourself being a terrible human being to other people like just subtly kind of snarky joey at agencynation.com